Today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 17, starting with the 11th verse. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. The text for this morning's message is from Luke chapter 17, verse 17. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ten men have leprosy. Ten men cry out to Jesus for mercy. Ten men are cleansed, and one comes back to give thanks. The other nine, the other nine are conspicuous in their absence, as Jesus says, where are the nine? And sometimes we, God's children, are also conspicuous in our absence, in our failure to give thanks to God for the good gifts that he has given us. Leprosy in Jesus' day was no laughing matter. It isolated you from the people you love. It isolated you from the community where you lived. It even isolated you from the temple in which you could receive God's forgiveness. Leprosy was any number of contagious skin diseases, infectious skin diseases. So already if you're suffering from leprosy, you have the issue of probably always having that itch or whatever the symptom is of the particular disease you've got. But the Old Testament law also said that anybody with one of these infectious skin diseases had to stay away from everyone. These men are off at the border of Samaria and Galilee, a place where really not many people live. They're isolated from their families, can't live in their own homes. They can't enjoy the wonderful gift of friendship. And worst of all, they cannot go to the temple where God delivers his love and forgiveness. And so they hear Jesus or see Jesus coming and they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. And he does. He tells them, go show yourselves to the priests. It turns out in that day, according to the Old Testament law, the priests were the ones who decided whether your skin infection was an infection, infectious skin infection. They were the ones who declared you either clean 
and therefore able to rejoin society and come back to the temple, or unclean, and therefore still having to remain outside of society. And so the ten men follow Jesus' orders. They head off to go see the priests, and on their way, they were cleansed. I'm sure they could see the effects of the cleansing. They could see that that disease was no longer there. But with that healing comes the great joy of knowing that they will see the priests, be declared clean, and be readmitted to society, back with their families, back laughing with their friends at a meal, back in the temple. And yet only one returns to give thanks. There is a little puzzle, I think, in this passage. And I'm going to stand on the interpretation that all ten had some kind of faith in Jesus. All ten were, in some sense, believers in the power of Jesus to heal them. Because what we see in the Gospels is that when people don't believe, when they do not have faith, They are not healed. And so you have ten men who receive God's good gifts in what appears to be an earnest faith, and nine of them walk away and take this good and wonderful gift of healing for granted. Does that make them unbelievers? I don't know. I doubt it. I suspect that as they were walking, they remained cleansed. Jesus is not the kind of God who looks down and says, Oh, you didn't give me thanks, so I'm taking my gift back. And yet, even in whatever faith they had, they showed a lack of gratitude. And I suspect that you and I do the same very often. Think about the amazing gifts that God has given you. And think about how often you get so wrapped up in the gifts themselves and enjoying these gifts that you forget to give thanks to the one who gave you the gift. Students, you have an amazing opportunity here at Concordia to study, to receive a bachelor's degree in a place where your faith will not be questioned and undermined and where you will not be attacked for your faith, but instead to study in a place where you will get to explore the interaction between your faith and whatever disciplines you're studying at the time. Many of you receive financial aid of one sort or another out of God's generosity to you through generous donors to the university. You have a wonderful opportunity to stop for four years and focus on intellectual development, emotional development, learning what it means to be wise, honorable, and cultivated. How often at 11.30 or 1.30 at night, as you're cramming for an exam or trying to read those last few pages for your core class, do you stop and thank God for this opportunity? Students aren't the only ones guilty. Faculty, staff, and students. How often in the midst of 
running errands and maybe running children from this game to that game to that game and this practice to that practice, all the while trying to keep up with your work and all the while trying to maintain a marriage or maintain your friendships, do you stop and say, wow, God, thank you for this family, for these friends. All too often, we are conspicuous in our absence, in our failure to keep the second commandment. You remember that one? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not, you don't have problems with most of these, curse, swear, you satanic arts, lie or deceive by his name. But then there's the rest. But call upon it in every trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. Thankfully, our Lord Jesus does not set a time limit on coming back to thank him. His death on the cross was a death even for ingratitude, a death even for those of us who have embraced his gift of salvation and yet forget or get so caught up in the gifts that we don't give thanks to the one who gave them. It's never too late to stop for a moment and to say to your gracious Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for receiving me as your child, and thank you for family, for friends, for a wonderful Christian university at which to study or work. Thank you. And when you say this prayer of thanks, God's response will not be to step back a moment and say, well, it's about time. His response will be, to receive your thanksgiving with joy and to say to you, you're welcome. I sent Jesus for you, to die for you, to rise from the dead, to give you eternal life. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.